This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hello, everyone, and thank you so much for joining Watermark's podcast series, Women of the C-Suite, where we have the pleasure of hosting some of the most distinguished female executives anywhere about their journeys and the paths they took to get to the top. I'm Nicole Ward-Parr, and I join you with my co-host, the CEO of Watermark, Peggy Northrup. In this series, we draw out meaningful insights and candid perspectives that will help you to make your mark. So welcome everyone again to our Women of the C-Suite podcast. We certainly welcome you and thank you for joining. We are honored to welcome and have with us for our session today, CEO and founder of Portfolia, Trish Costello. Trish is the founder and CEO of Portfolia, which offers a radically different investing process designed for women and other emerging investors. She's also co-founder and CEO emeritus of the Kaufman Fellows Program, Center for Venture Education, the Global Educational Institute preparing the leaders of the venture capital industry located in Palo Alto, California. Portfolio brings investing into the 21st century, creating entrepreneurial funds focused where women make the markets, such as women's health, active aging, consumer enterprise, food and ag tech, fashion, technology, beauty. And the investing experience with Portfolio, it's smart, personalized, and educational, providing returns and market impact customized to your interests. Portfolio is building a powerful global community of sophisticated investors focusing their money and influence to build the world they want. So thank you all for joining. Trish, certainly fantastic to have you um, and all that you're doing. It's just such an innovative endeavor. So welcome and thanks for being here. Oh, I couldn't be more pleased to be a part of this podcast. Uh, I'm a longtime uh, admirer and believer in Watermark and its mission. Um, and actually, I've been involved with Watermark for probably two decades. So I'm really excited to be here with you today. Trish, thank you so much. It's always wonderful to talk to you. Um, why don't we just launch in? One of the things we always talk about on this podcast is people's career journeys. And sometimes people know right from the very beginning exactly what it is that they want to do. They decide at 12 and then that's it. They've got it all mapped out. Were you more of a twist and turn career person or did you have a straight shot? Tell us a little bit about what your journey was like. Yes. Uh, well, you know, I was, uh, I'm definitely one of these people that uh, twisted and turned through my career. Um, I think there was a theme around it, but sometimes, Peggy, as you know, it's the looking back, you know, where you, where you see the theme and the connections. Um, you know, so I did, did move through diff many different areas. The theme, I believe, looking back on my career is that I have always been excited about building new things. Uh, and so that's probably that venture capital link. Um, I didn't even know what a venture capitalist was until I was probably in my late 20s or early 30s. Um, but, you know, throughout my career, um, I was, you know, building new things. I mean, in my 20s, I, uh, I was originally in business and then took a, a twist 
and uh, ran one of the first battered women's shelters. Um, uh, and, and and saw that as a, a you know kind of a new way of kind of expressing that entrepreneurial spirit, um, and then became involved with many other uh, startup companies in new areas from pediatrics to data management. So I always was looking for that uh, that new adventure. And you were such a mentor to me. I have to thank you for that because I didn't know what a venture capitalist was either until I met Trish. And I've got my business education through many, many, many women, but Trish is probably the most influential. So I have to say that. Well, it was always mutual. Peggy uh, and I've had quite a few glasses of wine where we were teaching each other. Indeed. And uh, as you should. Same with you, Nicole. Uh, we've had a few glasses of wine. When we we have indeed. We, we absolutely have. No, definitely. And, and so, you know, I'm always curious too, the, these last nine months um, have provided, I think all of us, of us with <laughs> challenges and opportunities um, with, you know, with everything that's happened, um, you know, with the pandemic and, and beyond. And I'd love to know if there was a belief or beliefs that you have that have sort of gotten you through anything that you sort of hung on to that you thought, you know, this is going to get me through. We'd love to hear about that. Yes, and I I, uh, I can talk about that, of course, both professionally and personally. Um, you know, I I look at um, at what's happened with the pandemic, especially, and uh, kind of liken it back to my my early life where I I lived, you know, out in rural America in Kansas, and uh, you know we would have a tornado come through, and you might have a home destroyed. And across the street, you could still see the daffodils, you know, coming up around a home. And that's really what we've seen uh, professionally and that some companies, you know, are just, have just been called to the moment and they are stronger, uh, more valuable and are really a part of shifting the world. And others have been leveled uh, because of the nature of their work have been leveled by what's happened. And, um, and having a portfolio of 50, 60 companies, you know, we're, we're um, working to what they need right now. Portfolio and what we chose uh, at my company is, is really a belief that if not now, when would we be, you know, most influential in bringing solutions to the world? So, you know, we've been in business for five years. <clears throat> we've done more investing invested in more companies in 2020 than we have the previous four years combined. So, so our view was now's the time for us to really show our mettle and move forward um, as leaders in the venture capital field. It's kind of the same way, I think, you know, personally. Um, you know, certainly, you know, we believe in doing everything you can to be safe. Um, but within the digital world, it, it's like it's the call to action right now, you know, to really move forward and create that world we want personally. Yeah, it's so interesting because I certainly see that. We see that in our communities. We see the restaurants that are doing well and the restaurants that cannot figure it out. Um, the companies that are that are embracing the moment in terms of racial reckoning and the ones that can't get out of their own way. It's a really interesting time to to have that overview of the economy. 
We usually ask this question about what, what have you learned the hard way? And we ask that question in a personal way, but I think it would be really interesting for you to talk about what you're seeing among portfolio companies. Um, portfolio companies is like, what is it that they're learning the hard way? Where are you seeing the difference between the people who are getting it together and the people who are not? Well, you know, I hate to go back to the, you know, one of those words that have become a cliche, but it really is about how to pivot. And um, how to be, you know, aware of, of what the environment is and what your strengths, your core strengths are, and how you can rapidly uh, change or adapt to, to that environment. Uh, and we have seen that so much with our companies being able to, um, you know, the ones that are really, um, you know, immediately responding and taking um, the necessary steps to make themselves more, more valuable, uh, more of the moment. Um, it, you know, it's really critical, really critical. And it's always important, you know, when you're, um, when you're an early stage company and an entrepreneur to do it, but it's really important right now where it really is the difference. Um, you know, all of these sounds so cliche, but, you know, we're in a place where there's a difference personally for life and death on decisions we make. And it's the same with our companies. You know, companies are are living or dying based on how quickly they can adapt to the environment. Fascinating. Oh, go ahead, Peggy, please. Yeah. No, no, I'm just wondering whether we can get back to that question of what have you learned the hard way, whether it's personally or professionally during this, this right. period. Is there anything that even looking back nine months that you think, wow, if I had known nine months ago what I know today, I would have made that decision in a different way. Uh, so, you know, I think um, personally, uh, you know, the you know, we've made it through well enough, um, you know, from a personal standpoint, you know, my challenge, and I think that uh, we all have different challenges on this, you know, I am single and I'm an extrovert. So being single and an extrovert during a time of pandemic is, uh, I think, quite challenging. I mean, there are times when it's just, let me out of here, put me around people. <laughs> uh, and so, you know, I guess that's a, it's another one of those examples of of understanding, you know, what's best for you long term, and and uh, kind of overriding, you know, immediate, you know, that immediate need for for um, community and being able to find it in other ways. Um, and I look at the people, you know, my uh, my team. Um, all of our challenges are so different, and I think it's an under being able to empathize. You know, I have people on my team that have small children at home, and I have such. Uh, great uh, admiration right now. My children are grown. And so the people that have little ones at home, where they're trying to help them with their digital school and keep them entertained um, and, and you know, within the confines of their home most of the time, um, I just don't know how they do it. And so our ability to empathize with each other and try to support each other, uh, I just think is so critical right now. And it, and now maybe there's an end in sight, you know, but it's still six months, seven months off at the earliest. And um, our ability to realize this is a long, this is a long path. And I guess I take it back to business because it's the same way with business, with, uh, with entrepreneurship. You know, we oftentimes uh, underestimate how long it's going to take to build a company or how quickly 
um, you know, potential customers were, will adopt what we do and, you know, the, or how fast we can raise money. You know, we're usually, we're usually way too, as, op, as entrepreneurs, we're way too optimistic and we have to look at the long game and we have to look at the long game personally right now, politically, um, pandemic wise, um, and in a number of the areas where we're hoping to see a shift in the world. Right. And so pulling on that a little bit further, because I think it's a great point, I wonder how all of this um, has maybe reshaped or has it reshaped your thoughts um, or ideas or beliefs about leadership, right? Because clearly you're in that capacity and you work directly with many other leaders for many other companies. How is that, how is all of this maybe reframed your, your thoughts on leadership? Yeah, I, I think, um, you know, it's so... It's going to be interesting because I think some of the the real learning is going to be once we get past this. Um, so much as um, you know, is dealing with. We're still in chaos. You know, we don't. We really don't know where the endpoint is. Um, we don't know how will we ever go back to having an office where we're all there. Will we move to a digital world of living? Um, I think the reframing, Nicole, which is such a good way to position this, is that the reframe is everything is up to be redecided, renegotiated. And um, you know, we were in some ways in a fairly stable situation um, a year ago. Uh, you know, certainly the economy was was uh, fairly stable and growing. Um, we knew a lot about the work we were doing in, um, you know, in women's health and active aging in those areas. Um, you know, even as innovative investors, um, we were looking at a fairly stable, you know, future. And I think what it's reminded in that reframing is that in a moment, um, the world can can force you to reframe, and that the the skills that I've drawn on all my life, I think as a, as an entrepreneur um, has been uh, is, I mean, those are those going even deeper with those are what's going to enable us to get through this and to stay as flexible as possible and to call on the people that, you know, support, support us, call where we get joined. You know, I guess that's one of those new, new areas is that we really have to, to be aware of where we find joy and where we find health and where we find support. Um, it's not, uh, we have to work harder uh, to see all of the brightness in the world. So true. And I think one of the things that I love about my job is that I get an opportunity to find joy in talking to other women, even if I'm not doing it in the same room, which I love like you, <laughs> um, at least I get an opportunity to talk to people about what they're seeing and people are so generous with what they're sharing. Talk a little bit about what is what you're seeing that's really inspiring right now. Whoa. Well, um, I'll tell you one of the most exciting things uh, over the last year is that uh, we created the very first venture fund led by all uh, an all women of color partner team uh, called Rising America. Uh, and it's led by three African-American partners, venture partners, and two uh, Latina uh, venture partners. 
and that's been one of the most exciting and I think um, inspiring things is that that fund closed, it's the largest fund we've ever, ever raised. Um, we had people on the wait list when we closed it, we couldn't take all the people that wanted to be in. And it was, it's a really fabulous, diverse group of, of members in that fund, um, all completely focused on backing entrepreneurs of color. Uh, and we've seen great companies, they're growing more quickly than any of our other uh, portfolio companies. And every day they're, they're on that step to bringing us a more equitable world. Um, and it really was not, a year ago we couldn't have said that. A year ago, um, women of color especially were really struggling to find, to find money and to find um, uh, investors. And that struggle isn't over, but the realization you know, the realization by women like ourselves and men like, you know, men, um, really the whole world that in the U.S. we weren't, we weren't giving uh, people of color a fair shot in building companies and building wealth. So I'm, that's one thing that I'm really um, excited to see. And um, we can't, we can't let it, we can't let what's happened be good enough. It's just a start but it is a good start and it's a good recognition. I mean, we're certainly seeing that as well in the kinds of conversations we're having with our sponsor companies. The stuff that people have seen in the past year, they can never unsee. And uh, there is an energy around dealing with our history, and our future that I've never seen before. So it's really exciting to see that translate into support for, for companies like the ones you're investing in. Yes. And the pipeline of companies is just, it's just huge. Um, you know, it's one of those who would have thought, you know, once you put attention uh, to these companies, because, you know, we've always known that uh, people of color, I mean, have to be more capital efficient if they want to create a company, they have to be more creative, uh, you know, about building it because they just don't have the same kind of resources. And we have really seen that now. Um, just, you know, great growth in these companies and value add. And uh, I, I really believe it's backing women uh, and backing people of color that's going to create a new renaissance of economic growth for the U.S. So it's not just good for those entrepreneurs. It's really good for the whole economy. It's good for all of us. Mm-hmm. And, and as, as you've mentioned, you know, the, as painful as the last nine months have been with as, as much challenge that that's given us with crisis is opportunity, right? And so I'd love your thoughts on, you know, what is, what is how we take this, right? As, as my great grandmother used to say, poop makes great fertilizer. <laughs> and how do we, how do we take this and grow a garden, right? So I'd love to hear, you know, what, What's your next mountain to climb, right? What's your next, you know, what's your garden going to look like, if you will? Yes. Well, we're continuing to uh, to build great funds uh, and to invest in uh, invest in new companies. And as you both know, I mean, my my vision and my goal and my life's work is really how to activate women's money as investors behind the behind those new companies we want in the world those new innovations there's those new technologies and um i just feel it all the stronger now um, as i ever have um because you know 
women's health, for one, there's so much um, opportunity for change and for growth and for innovation. And there's just not been that much money put into women's health. You know, if all investors or let's say 95% to be accurate, uh, uh, venture capitalists and, and technology investors are men, they're not going to create solutions for women's health or for active aging or for so many of those areas that are important to us. And, um, and the truth is, is that not, not backing those innovations impact our health and our lives and our health span. So, um, so I feel it more, I feel like, I feel as an evangelist for this, you know, when, when we put our money behind what we believe, um, our world changes, our health changes, you know, our daughter's lives uh, will change and our sisters and our mothers. And so I'm going to continue to do that work. Um, I, I'm going to continue to call um, the, you know, amazing women to be a part of what I consider the most powerful in investing network in the world. And I, and I believe this is how we change it. You know, look at everything around us and look at what happened. We, we can see now what happens um, when you have poor leadership versus inspired leadership. And so we're all called right now to stand up and be a part of that change. Exactly. Exactly. You and I have talked about this frequently, that this is for me, having been in women's media for most of my career, and you talk a lot about the power of women. You talk about the power of women in their careers. You talk about the power of women at home. You talk about the power of women in politics. And the one thing we have not really used to the fullest extent is the power. We've used our consumer power, but we have not used our investing power. And to watch that shift happening through through people like you is just really inspiring to me. So, thank you, thank you. And well, you both have been an inspiration to me. And and that's that's how we do it. We do it together. Uh, and we do it one step at a time, and then we scale it quickly. Um, and you know that's the that's the difference is is the the time is right for us. Yeah. Money is that last piece, isn't it? As Judith Rodin um, uh, says, who's one of the great uh, women leaders out there today, she says that the the financial side, the financial muscle, is the last one that we're we're learning to really work out and use. Uh, and I think she's so right on that. Yeah, absolutely. So one last question from me, and then I'll let I'll let um, Nicole wrap it up. If you could go back and talk to your 25 year old self, I love this uh, love this exercise. And I know you have daughters who are this around the same age as my daughter, so you're probably already telling them the things that you wish somebody had told you when you were 25. But if you could go back and say something to your 25 year old self. What would it be? Oh my, so much, so much, right? You know, I think it is, um, I think that overriding message is just be fearless. Just be fearless. Um, don't let anything or anybody hold you back. Uh, and um, go for it, be fearless, and take care of yourself. You know, that's that, that's the second piece of it. That's the balance, isn't it? Be fearless, but then, but then care for yourself as well. Really good one. And, and my question, it actually, my last question for you sort of dovetails right off of that, you know, um, 
in ter terms of self-care and taking care of ourselves, it seems more important than ever with all the things that are going on. And I'd love to know how you nourish yourself and feed yourself, you know, whether that's reading material or articles or mentors or how do you take care of Trish? Yes. Uh, gosh, that's such an important thing. And that was one of the one of the areas I, I learned later in life, right, that you have to continue to nourish and balance yourself. Uh, I am a, a big journaler. So I do love to have my journal. It takes me and I like to take it, let it take me wherever I'm going. It's, you know, I love to just sit down and just write and then go back every week and read it. And, um, and it gives me insight into what I'm what I'm processing and what I'm um, what I'm grateful for. So there's always a gratitude piece in that journal as well, and that that helps keep me balanced. Um, and I'm also a big hiker, so nothing is more important to me than being outside. You know, getting fresh air, doing a great hike, um, and um, and then finally spending a lot of time with my family and friends. So um, you know, and and now some of that is is needs to be uh, digital, but I do still stay very close to my, my children in this little bubble. Um, but those are the important piece. I guess that the journal is for my, uh, my, my mental health and the, and the uh, hiking is for my physical health. And then, you know, family and friends is the heart, the heartbeat. I thought you were going to talk about your musical performances, Trish. <laughs> And is yeah. is there a is there is there is there a story there? Oh yes. <laughs> Come on, Trish. <laughs> you women everywhere. <laughs> so um, you know, so musicals are something I've always loved, and Peggy happens to know that um, for a while, and I, you know, every weekend I would pick one of my favorite uh, musicals, you know, from Les Mis to Hamilton uh, to A Chorus Line. And I would, um, I would have to play all the parts and sing along. So uh, that, was my, <laughs> that was my musical adventure. We have to continue to just let ourselves have joy, right? Yeah. We do. We do. Well, I was going to ask if you had a, if all that journaling was leading maybe to a book someday, if there was some, some, uh, book writing, uh, in your future. There, there is a book in my future. Yes. So I am putting, pulling together those ideas and those stories and those, those concepts. Um, it's just, you know, we're all called for this. Um, and of course, no one knows more about books and, and authors than Peggy. And uh, she's been a great advisor in that as well. Well, well women wait. need to, we need, women need to be talking as we've discussed about investing and money and what you do at Portfolia is just, it's amazing that it expedites the way women can access it and get to it. And it's, it's just so inspiring. So inspiring. You're such a change maker, Trish. It's really just an honor to have you on as one of our very first podcast guests. So thank you so much for being with us today. The yes, thank all you. Mine. All mine. Thank you. Thank you all so much for joining us today. I'm Peggy Northrup, CEO of Watermark. And along with my co-host, Nicole Ward-Parr, I invite you to check out all of our upcoming programs at wearewatermark.org. With best-in-class leadership training and inspirational fireside chats with awesome coaches, entrepreneurs, and women business leaders every single week. We're dedicated to helping you become the leader you're meant to be.
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.